All right. Welcome to Through the A. Razorback Dave and the Common Fan Zone, Austin Dunstan, bringing it to you live from our Avcare Studios in Pulaski, Tennessee. And Austin, how sweet is it to come in on a after after getting robbed, pretty much robbed. You know, and, and, much. and we're not You're ever right, going to get over it. And the beauty, the only Never. beauty out of this, and I don't know if there's any beauty in it, but you got to think, you know, most. That's all that we heard on the broadcast Saturday during the Ole Miss game was, you know, that Arkansas is three and one, or two and one. They should be two and one after yeah, what the referees. I, I mean, it, it's it's a, and I don't want to. I'm not going to spend a lot of time looking back, but it, when everybody in America knows you got robbed, there's really nowhere to go from that. Yeah, I mean, I just wish there was something that that could be done. But, I mean, they changed the rule after the game, which is BS. But uh, it is what it is, man. At least we got the win against Ole Miss, and the lane train has been derailed. Bad derail. You know, did you get a chance to watch his press conference after the game? No, I didn't. I, I try to stay away from Lane Kiffin, man. I'm really trying to hate him, but just seeing what he tweets and stuff, it just it's really hard to hate oh, the guy. He, but I'm doing I'm he, doing a pretty good job of it. I feel like he was pretty humble after the after. I'm the sure game. he was. I mean, he he, you know, he pretty much and he said kind of kind of what we said that um, he said Arkansas was watching the quarterback's eyes, and then and then picking them off. Six interceptions. That's the most interceptions. In a, for a Razorback football team since the mid 1940s, and I think the record wow. the record is seven interceptions in a game, but it's you got to go all the way back to 1940 something to to find it. Just that's just crazy. Oh, I yeah. mean, just crazy. They they had they had Matt Corral's number, and you know I you can say what you want about Lane being humble, but it it kind of pissed me off what Matt Corral said in his interview. He said he, they went into the game thinking it was going to be easy. I mean, how many how many teams are we going to have to beat for people to start giving the Razorbacks respect? I mean, they might be underdogs in the rest of their games, and they'll probably win. Well, you know, all I, of maybe except for two or three of them. No, it, it you're, you're making sense, uh, and I it is it. it is disrespectful. Uh, I mean, he got so mad about it, he threw his helmet, and yeah, Hudson Clark, and Hudson Clark was off, there to pick it off, picked it off again. That would have been number four. Well, and I love what – Take their whip tails back to Oxford. Yeah. And, you know, and I even saw on some of the chat boards where they were saying, well, it was clear we had the better team. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not sure what that counts for. If that makes you feel better this week, then then okay. You know, you had the no, better I, team. I, let, I mean, me ask you, let me ask you a question. Would you rather have the better team or the win? All right, well, hold on now. Hold on. We can't get that far ahead of ourselves because what were we saying about the, the Arkansas-Auburn game? We were the better team, but we lost. I would have rather had the win. I, I would have rather had the win, too. I'll I agree. take the I win, agree. and you can tell me we suck, which no, is what I, Ole Miss I agree. is doing. But that's, that's, that's also a little bit different of a scenario. It's not because because no one robbed Ole Miss of that game. The referees oh, had nothing true. to do with it. That was all on Arkansas's oh, defense being better than Ole Miss's offense. It was our best against their best, and we won. Well, it's, okay, it's, and if they want to say they're the better team, it makes them helps them sleep at night. That's fine. But when we say we were the better team against Auburn, it's the whole country saying it. It's because the game wasn't decided on the field; it was decided in the review booth, and that's the difference. So I don't want to hear that excuse. Yes, I brought it up, but well, it's because that's what I've been thinking. It's two scores. There's you didn't get you don't get wiggled out of a game that's 
two scores <laughs> like that. And the Hogs should have run it in again at the end to make it and, 40. And, you know, that was kind of – I stand by it. Well, and I would have been perfectly fine with him – with them scoring right there. You know, everybody wants to talk about, well, it was a class move. Sam Pittman's a classic, and he is, and that's great, but there is not another coach in this conference that wouldn't have stuck it in right there, especially the coach he was facing <laughs> at the time. If, oh, if yeah, Kiffin would have, it in. Kiffin would have stuck it in right there and onside kicked it, and so would Nick Saban. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I know. I think that at some point you have to cop, you have to take that attitude towards it. I don't think you can just – I mean, it's, it's one thing – you can show class to a point, but I think, you know, and, then and either one of those guys will tell you – it's not my job not to score too many points. It's your job to stop me. So make them do their job. No, I, I agree. But hey, whatever. Win's a win. Double digit win when we were underdogs to start the week. I'm tired of that, man. Are the Hogs are four and zero against the spread? If that tells you how bad they don't get respect, four and zero against the spread. Well, Spreads I, hadn't even been close except for the Georgia game. And I think if we played Georgia again, it'd be a lot better football game. I think it would be. I think, well, we'd be playing with a lot more confidence now than we did. I mean, you know, you can hang that one on the SEC as well, having us start our season with Georgia. And that's no accident. It, it was, an, it was okay. no accident for Georgia. That was pre-planned. It's just like it's pre-planned for us to play Alabama the last game of the year. So Alabama well, gets a little respite before they go to the national championship game or whatever. Um, well, you know, it's okay. We'll we'll see Georgia again in the SEC championship. Well, and I think that uh, – <laughs> I, 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 what did you think about – I thought Ole Miss quit at the end. I mean – Everybody but Matt Corral. Uh, Matt Corral was still scrambling around back there, and I got, but I got tickled at him. He, 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 he got flushed out of the pocket again and came running around the near side and tried to lower his shoulder and run over somebody and went backwards. Yeah. I thought that was well, hilarious. That was worth the price of admission. Yeah, well, okay. Let's put your put put yourselves in their shoes, okay? Your quarterback has thrown five picks. The last time I saw five picks thrown was Nick Starkle against San Jose State last year. Yeah. Did we give up? No. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, we absolutely gave up. Yeah. 100% but- lost to San Jose State. I mean, of course they gave up. And they were defeated. We beat them, just like San Jose State beat the Hogs last year. It's the same deal. I mean, when your quarterback is back there, it doesn't know what's going on. And I, people want to blame it on Matt Corral. Yeah, okay, sure. Yes, he threw six picks. Yes, that's awful. Yes, it's on him. But you got at some point, you got to give the defense credit. I mean, Barry Odom had a great game plan once again, and we went out there and we read his eyes. We played a perfect game on defense. I mean, holding that offense, one of the highest scoring in the nation to 21 points, 21, when they just put 48 up on Bama, who's supposed to be, you know, the best team every single year, you got to give some credit to the defense. So, yeah, Matt Corral made some throws he probably wanted back, but still, even at the end of the day, we, we earned all six of those picks. Oh, uh, no doubt. And and I'm going to say two things on that. Number one, uh, Kiffin's press conference after the game gave Arkansas's defense all, all the credit. He said, you know, that first pick six by Catalan, you know, you could you might could say something. He said, but the others, the other five were just a matter of he, – he's and he, he pretty much said, he said, you know, when you're successful at something, you just run on that success until somebody figures out how to stop it. And said, you know, Barry Odom – you know, same thing happened with Mississippi State. They had this thing, and Barry Odom figured out how to stop it and stopped it. Same thing happened to us. Now we've got to go back and figure out how to undo what they're doing to us. And the other thing is that Sam Pittman kind of tipped his hand in the pregame press, in his little interview 
with Chuck and, and Quinn right before he goes on the field, and he said – because I guess they – I don't know, maybe they asked him how he was going to stop them. And he said, uh, he said, well, we're going to play a lot of zone defense, which you and I thought that's what they would do. He said, but their right. their offense is predicated on running a man into a defensive zone and then out of that zone in the hopes that the defensive man will chase that first player that enters the zone. And then what they do is they run a guy, they replace in that zone with another guy. And theoretically, there should not be anybody there. And that's exactly what happened. That's ex- that's how we got all those picks is because he and he because he said it. He said what we've tried to do all week is discipline our players enough to stay in their zones, and wait and see what comes behind the first guy that entered. And I mean, there was nowhere to throw the football most of the afternoon. Yeah. Well, if you look at these games that we've won. I mean, and it's not because we have a more talented team than the other side of the football. I mean, it is 100%. We had, don't, don't get me wrong. We have a talented team. There are some players, there are some playmakers on this Arkansas football team. But I would, I would definitely give a lot of credit to the preparation in the weeks uh, leading up to the game. I mean, so far, Barry Odom has just, he's had a masterful season as far as uh, having game plans from a defensive uh, point of view. I mean, you like you said, look at Mississippi State. They had it going. We shut them down. People are copycatting us. And that's what I heard somebody say that Barry Odom wants to do. He wants to be the defense that other people copycat to stop these high-powered offenses. And he's been doing it successfully to this point. Yeah. I mean, you can even look at you can even look at the South Carolina game uh, and versus Auburn. I mean, yeah, they only won by a touchdown, and gave up 32 points, I think, but they ran the same defense that Arkansas ran against Auburn to shut them down, and it worked. I mean, and that's that's the mindset you have to have in the SEC. You've got to be the trendsetter. And you know who has been the trendsetter for the last 15 years? Alabama. Yeah. And now Arkansas has Barry Odom, and they're slowly but surely becoming uh, the team that people look to to say, hey, what do we need to do to stop who we're playing this week? And I think that's just a recipe for success. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how everybody adjusts to that, but they're going to have to adjust off of our game plan for the rest of the year. So – I think most everybody's looking, hoping we'll play everybody that they still have to play before they <laughs> have to play them. But I think well, what we have to hope is that Barry Odom can be content with being the head coach of our defense because he, he clearly is. Pittman's giving him free reign. He's hiring his own assistants. He's, I mean, they basically he's, – I think he's the, the assistant head coach as well. So, you know, you figure if we could keep him for three years, that would be awesome. But yeah. if they get it rolling here and he decides he likes it and, he's, and, and the paycheck gets where it needs to be, maybe he'll say. But my biggest concern right now is that is that Nick Saban comes calling for him because he well, is he is yeah. what Nick Saban is lacking right now. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't disagree with that. But you you look at the most successful team in college football in the last ten years. You've got Bama, and you've got Clemson. Right, and yes, Bama, their assistant coaches, they go be head coaches all the freaking time. You've got Kirby Smart, you've got uh, Jeremy Pruitt. I'm sure there's more that I'm missing. Those are just off the top of my head. Um, But if you look at Clemson, Brent Venables has been rumored to be a head coach somewhere else for the last five years in a row. That's true. And he just sticks with Clemson. And look at them. I mean, they're consistently one of the best teams in the nation. So Arkansas can pony up the money to keep Barry Odom. That's not a question. 
I think the question is, is does Barry Odom want to stay and build something yeah. like Clemson has, like Bama has at Arkansas? And I think the answer to that question is probably more so yes than no. He's already been a head coach in the SEC. They ran him off. And, I mean, he seems pretty happy at Arkansas. I, I mean, I like to think so anyway. I'm probably biased because, in my opinion, in my eyes, Arkansas is the best job in the country, of course. Of course. Um, but I think, I think right now, as we, as we stand, I think that Barry Odom is more likely to stay at Arkansas for a couple of years than just throw himself into the fire of a, of a team that needs a head coach because he already did that once. Well, and he's got to be on the short list for um... – the Broyles Award this year is the nation's top assistant. He's and the coach and Pittman's probably going to be coach of the year at least in the SEC. A lot of things I want to talk about in this ball game. A few good, a few bad. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Through the A, a Common Fan Pod. We'll be right back. more concerned about sanitary conditions than a healthcare worker. What's becoming new normal for everyone else is how we do things every day. And even though we're worried about our patient's health first and foremost, we also need to be concerned for ourselves. If one of us gets sick, that's a problem. We adhere to very strict protocols in treatment areas and patient waiting areas, and we're disinfecting surfaces and applying hand sanitizer all day long. So I want to feel good about the products we're using. We were very excited when Waltz D was added to EPA's List N for use against the novel coronavirus, because that's the virus that's on everyone's mind. It's rated effective against all the major contaminants, H1N1, norovirus, staph, and E. coli. I like that Waltz D is environmentally friendly and is bleach free, so it cuts down on fumes and those really harsh hospital smells. And we keep Waltz free hand sanitizing lotion at all our stations it sanitizes without drying your skin out, so we can stay well while helping our patients get well. All right, we're back with Through the A. Austin, what about the walk-ons that we have at the <laughs> University of Arkansas right now? I think you know what you're, you're going to have to do? We're going to have to go ahead and give credit where credit is due to Brandon Burlesworth, man. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas has, since Brandon Burlesworth, think about it, Arkansas has been walk-on university. You've seen so many guys come to Arkansas, walk on, and know that they have a shot because of Brandon Burlesworth, man. I mean, and I just think it's awesome that it's, what, 22 years later, and we still have guys like Hudson Clark and like Grant Morgan that are walk-ons and are just tearing it up, man. And I mean, I would, it's awesome. I would like to see a walk-on win the Burlesworth Award one year from Arkansas. Shoot, Grant, Grant Morgan is, is, is definitely on that list right now, right? Because you don't have to be a walk-on to win it. You have to be a former walk-on, correct? I, I'm not sure Grant Morgan's not on somebody's All-American list right now. 19 tackles, one tackle for loss, a sack, and a pick six. <laughs> and and yeah. that's with bumper pool out of the ball game. Yeah, I mean, we it's just incredible, man. I mean, you also have three guys, three freshmen that are on yeah. the freshman All American um, uh, watch list, oh, yeah. and one of them is walk is walk on redshirt freshman Hudson Clark, who's still at this point in time not on scholarship. 
you know, it's Kid a funny thing. had three picks in the game. We've kind of joked about it. I was like, who in the who is Hudson Clark? And you keep saying, yeah. well, let's say, as I said, that number 17. Yeah. Okay. So we're four games into the season. And I was listening to the radio broadcast, uh, on the Razorback, uh, game day app Saturday. And even Chuck Barrett said, I gotta be honest with you until he entered the game against Mississippi state. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> yeah. They even said it I to mean, Sam Pittman after the ball game. And I love Sam Pittman's response. He said, well, you've heard of him <laughs> now at least three times. <laughs> yeah, man. He called him into the office and gave and told him that he'd put all, he'd be put on scholarship in in in, the, in January because well, they're out of scholarships right now. Yeah. Absolutely, he should. Well, you got to look at three All American watch lists right now. Jalen Catalan, who won, I cannot believe he is just a freshman. I can't. He's a beast. He's I, I been hitting the weight. I texted run. you. I texted you earlier today. I was like, there is literally no way that Jalen Catalan is a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I think he only I feel played like the kid's been there for years. Year. Yeah. I mean, he's a stud, absolute stud. Uh, Hudson Clark, like we said, walk on. I mean, you absolutely love the story. Grew up in Dallas, a hog fan. Went to Ar- no D one offers. Went to Arkansas, walked on three picks against one of the best offenses in the country. Been put on scholarship. He's living the dream, man. Absolutely love to see it. Well, and then our offensive lineman Brady Latham is the third on the all- freshman All American uh, oh watch gosh. list. Well, yeah. yeah. Here's I mean, the crazy. here's the thing that you know for sure about walk ons. They want to be there. Absolutely. I mean, because when they step on the field, I mean, everybody's seen Rudy. I don't know if it's quite that bad anymore, but, but you know, they they kind of know what they're in for. Scout team, you know, looking maybe get somebody to look at them, but it typically, you know, for the most part, doesn't go very far. But I mean, you, you, if, if, and if you haven't seen the movie Greater, go watch it. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah. I think. Uh, it's and it's it's it pretty is. close to the real story. I've read Brandon's book. So and it, the the movie follows that storyline pretty closely. So it's 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 all it's all a, it's it's a good look into what Walk On was like. I think they had separate locker rooms. It's you know it was, but nowadays and there is more opportunity now with more scholarships and they 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 have a they have a limit on how many roster players they can have on the sidelines on Saturday. So some of those kids work all week and they don't even get to dress out. Uh, right, but. You know that somebody that's been there, like well, Grant Morgan's a fifth-year senior. I don't know yeah. how long he's been on scholarship, but I hadn't seen him play before this year that I can remember. You know, he played a little bit last year, um, but he's never had the impact that he had this year. I mean, going into fall camp, I I keep up with everybody's roster and their projected roster. He wasn't even in the – I mean, he was in the two-deep maybe at, at a backup at some, on some rosters. But, I mean, Levi Draper coming in from Oklahoma was supposed to be our starter. Well, he's had shoulder surgery and his his season's over. I don't even know if he played a snap this year. Yeah. Um, and people were saying, you know, let's not overlook Grant Morgan. And, and now he's out there. Him and Bumper Pool are two of the best linebackers in the SEC, probably in the country. And this was the position at the beginning of the season when everyone was like, linebacker is going to be scary. Yeah, Who well, would have and, thought that Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool go out there and are having the season that they're having? And we're playing a three-man front, so there's only two linebackers. That puts six DBs in the, in the, in the, in the zones, and it's, it's working great. But think about this. Montreal Brown is expected to be back for the A&M game. Where are you going to put him? Yeah. Do you bench Hudson Clark? I mean, you can't. Well, I mean, maybe I you mean, rotate him. You I mean, you're only going to be able to start one of them, I imagine. So, 
you know, but just think what you can do if you've got that good a backup behind you. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I don't, I I don't know what you do. Because at the beginning of the season, we were talking about how we don't have any depth. We have well, no depth. That's our I'm problem. Go back and now here I, we are. Yeah. And now here we are saying, who are we going to start? This is an awesome problem to have if you're a Razorback fan. What I, I mean, it's the best problem that you could have. I'm going back to what I said the one of the first shows that we did at, at through the A is that, you know, Sam Pittman said the fours are getting as many reps as the ones. And look, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why everybody won't adopt that method in the future. Well, think about I'll, it. I'll, I'll t- and especially at a team like Arkansas, Arkansas doesn't have five stars sitting on the bench waiting for their turn. They don't even have any four stars sitting on the bench waiting on their turn. So, right. You're going to, but you know, well, the one thing that you know about this bunch we got right now, our guys can coach. Absolutely, they can coach. And you, you know, this is an Arkansas exclusive podcast, but we're from Tennessee. But I'm just going to say something real quick. You were talking about how people should start to adopt that. Well, it's about to cost head coach of the balls, Jeremy Pruitt, his job. You look at their quarterback situation, and Jarrett Garantano sucks, and everybody wants to see Harrison Bailey. Well, uh, Jeremy Pruitt keeps saying Harrison Bailey hasn't gotten any snaps. We don't play him in practice, and look where it's gotten him. They have quarterback problems, and they don't have anybody to back you know, him Brett up. Brett Bielema had that same issue. Reps. Brett Bielema would yeah. not play a talented underclassman over – Somebody that had already been there, and I can only guess. And I, you know, I'm, I'm the I'm the conspiracy theorist. I used to I speculated the whole time Houston Nutt was here that he didn't want anybody playing quarterback that would play it better than he would have, which was not have been that big a feat when he was there. He yeah. he was really low on the depth chart, never got a really good chance. He came. The only time I ever remember seeing him play was mop up duty in the '78 Orange Bowl. But to that end, I mean, you, you, and I'm, we're not going to go all the way back, but just I can just name the quarterbacks on one hand, Gary Brashears, Mike Cherry, Tavares Jackson. He tried to run off Matt Jones. Matt Jones just wouldn't go. Uh, <laughs> uh, the only really good quarterback he had the whole time he was at Arkansas was, uh, was uh, Clint Sterner, and Clint was here when he got here. So, yeah. you know, you fast forward to uh, Bielema. I thought you were about to throw Casey Dick's name uh, out no, there. No, no. I said, whoa, let's slow down now. No, so, so then Bielema comes in, and Bielema has an affinity for the upperclassmen. Well, I don't know. Did, did Bielema get sidestepped, you know, for an upper, for an underclassman? You know, maybe didn't get to play till he was – I don't know what his issue was, but some of these coaches are carrying baggage from their earlier life, and it, it doesn't help them at all. You know, you got right. to be flexible. You got to be adjustable. So, uh, yeah, and then and one, one, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that's one thing you can say about Sam Pittman and the staff is that they don't care who you are. If you can play, you're going to get to play. I mean, look at, look at Rakeem Boyd and Traylon Smith. I mean, Rakeem Boyd is a great back, but he's not having that great of a season. He's splitting carries right now with Traylon Smith, who's having a very good year for, for what he is. Yeah, I don't I mean, think he's, uh, Boyd's 100% yet. I don't think so. I think I think he'll have a, a great game, well over 100 yards against Texas A&M, uh, just because that's where he started school. He's going to be two weeks rested. I really think that you will see Rakeem Boyd break out. But that just goes to show you that if if, if you can play, you're going to get on the field with this staff, and I think that's very appealing to uh, to recruits. It's very appealing to the team. That's why they believe in him. They all believe in each other because the the coaches believe that all of them can play. So the players have to believe it too, and I mean, it just creates depth that you didn't think was possible. Now, real quick, I want to send out a message. 
to Mike and Jenny Henry. Send more sons. <laughs> this is everybody uh, else just, just turn away. Mike and Jenny Henry send more sons. Yeah. Oh, the, <laughs> yeah. The think, Henry boys showed absolutely. up Saturday. Big time. Oh, yeah. Well, you go ahead and hit up the Morgan family, too, man. Oh, yeah. We, we had Mr. Drew. We, I don't happen on to now. know Mr. and Mrs. Morgan's names, but Mike Henry was a player at Arkansas. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we need more We need more Morgans, and we need more Henrys. We need more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. step it up. <laughs> Hayden Henry, man, what a game he had. Uh, you know, he's the backup to Bumper Pool, comes in there, shuts him down. Great game. Um, Hudson Henry's finally coming along. The kid is going to be a stud. He looked a lot more like Hunter this week than he did in weeks prior. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, and we're going to do a short show today because of the extenuating circumstances. But here, I, there's a couple of things that I that still irritated me about the ball game. Number one, right. there were a lot of busted plays, especially in the yeah. first half. But the one yeah. that really got all over me was the one that happened off of a timeout. How do you come out of a timeout and have a busted play? I, what which, did you do during the timeout? I'm because sorry? I haven't rewatched the game yet. So what, what play, which play are you referring there, to? I, well, specifically, it was one of the ones where uh, Felipe Franks turned to hand the ball off and the guy was going behind him. It was one of those oh, yeah. plays. When there were at least, I yeah. think, three. But one of them happened out of a timeout. It was a TV timeout, so it was a nice long one. And and I'm not sure how you take a timeout. I mean, that's like getting a delay a game off of a change of possession or coming out of a commercial timeout, you get delay a game. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. Yeah, I don't know either. And the offense is no doubt it's gotta step it's gotta step it up. I mean, Traylon Burks looked awesome. Uh but there were he had a drop. I mean, Raheem Boyd had a drop. Um, so the offense he, Scheme at least really wasn't as bad as it looked. I mean, they only put up twenty, maybe even nineteen points. I want to say because there were two pick sixes. Yeah, I don't even care um, about that. And you know what, Traylon Burks can drop one every now and then. He's Megatron. They they oh, they could stunt. not stop him anywhere. And that catch he made in the end zone. You see, he tweeted out Sunday morning. He always wanted to be a part of the top ten plays of the day on ESPN. Well, he made it Saturday. He was number one. <laughs> he well, was number it was one the, on it was the best 10. catch uh, probably of all season. It, yeah, I was about to say it's probably going to be it's a catch of the year candidate for sure. Uh, but I've been telling you for two years that Traylon Burks is a stud. Uh, we also have a guy coming up named Keytron Jackson. Uh, he's a four star commit who is identical, plays yeah. the exact same way Can as you Traylon Burks with both of I them mean, on the field at the same time. I don't care what we do. Uh, but we got to do two things. We've got to keep Barry Odom, and we have to, have to keep Justin Stepp. I yeah. mean, yeah. our wide receivers are playing out of their minds, and it, I give 100% of the credit to Justin Stepp. He can recruit. He can spot talent. I mean, Traylon Burks is a homegrown Arkansas boy. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that. Um, yeah, he's kind of a country boy, but uh, I don't know if he had a lot of offers. I know he was very high regarded. He was a four-star. Yep. Um, but Trey Knox out of Tennessee, I mean, he hasn't had that great of a year. Um, but he's not a guy that's going to get as many touches as Traylon Burks. He's not as explosive. He's a guy that's going to go up. He's going to get 50-50 balls. He's going to block well. He's going to have a, a sneaky good game here and there. Uh, um, but and Justin I, Stepman is just an awesome wide receivers coach, and I hope that we, I hope that we keep him because I know the players love him. 
And he's a big reason why we got to keep Traylon Burks and Trey Knox. You know, and one of the coaching change. one of the blessings of this season is typically this time of year we're got three or four players we're trying to run off, or a coach or two we're trying to run off. I still would like more improvement on special teams. We got burned on that fake punt. Could have cost us the game. Yeah. Man, I was sitting there thinking, we got to call timeout. They're going to fake it. You got to call timeout. They're going to fake it. And they fake it, and we didn't call timeout. Granted, there was a blatant hold. I mean, oh, yeah. tackled somebody. Oh, that it was to the 40. Well, whoever 44 was got tackled yeah, in the backfield. Had his hands on, and, had and his felt, hands yeah. on the return guy. Oh, exactly. The, yeah, the guy I, know that exactly. Had the ball. I know exactly which one you're talking about. I mean, blatant holding call, just absolutely whiffed on it. Uh, but still, you got to call time out there. I'm not if I'm if I'm Scott Fountain or whoever's running that formation out there. I am not even putting a return guy back there. I'm letting that ball go wherever it has uh, to, yeah. and I'm playing prevent defense from Definitely. getting a first down well, you because they're going to a world class uh, special teams coach would be thinking about that maybe just a little. I mean, I was thinking about it, and I'm a I'm a senior in college, so yeah, you would uh, think it was maybe somewhere on the mind of but, Scott Fountain. But in that coach's defense, it never crossed my mind that they would fake it. And I was into the game. Really? I was into the game. You know me, I'm always watching out for, you know, the, I'm the cynic of the bunch. That would be the one thing <laughs> that I would be looking – I'm always looking for an onside kick. But, yet, no, in that particular situation – and I really? remember thinking at the time, okay, I would have got burned too. That's no well, excuse that nobody's paying me to to know that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but the only reason I thought really about a timeout and then a fake it, my, my, my thought process was we need a timeout. Oh, crap, they're going to fake it. It's because I was counting the players on the field, and it didn't look like we had 11 guys out there. Uh, and I was like, we need to call a timeout. We're not prepared for this. Oh, crap, they might fake this because we don't have enough guys on the field. And then by that time, it was snapped and, you know, 46 yards on the ground. All right, so let me tell you this. I, I, you know that I am not a fan of this hurry-up, no-huddle offense. Even yeah, with Arkansas running it and running it well, I don't like it. I like, yeah. I like power football. I like running between yeah. the tackles. And I like big plays that come off running between the tackles. You know, I just do. Yeah. And, and I don't like how it stresses the defense because if you score too fast and your defense is out there for a long time. I don't like right. how that, that they it allows the referee to stand over the center and stop you from running a play because you've made a sub and now and, – and the teams are starting to figure out if they do it just right, they can sub and cause you to get a delay a game or have to take a timeout if they take their time just enough. You know, they're starting to yeah. learn to manipulate that clock, but – I got to tell you, I took a significant amount of gratification in watching Lane Kiffin complain that we were going too fast. <laughs> I Man, did. I'll tell you what. I, I'll tell you what, dude. I really did find a lot of joy in seeing Lane Kiffin doubled over in pain. I found a lot of joy in that. <laughs> well, he had probably hasn't had a painful game like that in quite a while. Uh, one of the other, oh, yeah. no, one of the other things I noticed is, you know, back in the day, we used to, uh, we used to uh, talking about the defense. You know, we would stop. We would try to stop the run. I remember that was always the most important thing. If you can stop the run, force them to throw the ball. Well, now everybody's throwing the ball. And what's Barry Odom to do? He's stopping the deep pass and forcing everybody to throw short and run the ball. And our defense yeah. is fast. We've got some speed 
on that defense. Man. Whenever they get the ball <laughs> within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, there's five Razorbacks on them every play. That's what I was just about to say, man. I don't know if it's speed or what, but every person on that defense is running to the ball. Whenever it's oh, – if yeah. it's a run, if it's a pass, as soon as it's completed, as soon as they break and they hand it off, you see seven or eight red jerseys – excuse me, Cardinal jerseys. Sorry, don't yell at me. Cardinal jerseys um, on the on the football immediately. I mean, that's just it's, – it's hard to beat a team when every single person on the field is sprinting, not jogging, sprinting to the football, never yeah. assuming that somebody's going to make a tackle by themselves. I mean, it's always a host of hogs on the football yeah. and I mean that's just well coached team yeah they are well coached and we haven't had a well coached team on that field in quite a while first victory in SEC play on that field since 2016 I think Trey Beatty said it was over a thousand days um yeah and and he talked through and I, and I don't have the list in front of me so we can't really do it but they're because the NC, you know everybody's playing voluntarily this year nobody's burning eligibility to play this year so yeah. there's a there's a theory uh, starting to go around the Razorback fans. How many of these seniors would actually come back next year? I mean, you got to figure if Boyd gets healthy and he gets a good grade, he's going to go. That's that's why he yeah. came to Arkansas was to get to the NFL. But you know, maybe somebody like a Grant Morgan, like a Brett Kern at tight end, some of those guys on the defensive line that are getting a free year, and if if the university's got scholarships for them. You know, I don't know how they mitigate the scholarship limits if they give everybody the year back and they bring in a freshman class, but Arkansas can afford it. Think of what kind of team we might could potentially have next year if some of these guys come back. Felipe Franks actually has two years of eligibility. He would get this year back, and then if he wanted his medical year. red shirt year, he could get that. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't see. I don't him doing think that. they will. I, uh, and you know, you know, I, I, I don't think Sam Pittman. I actually, I know Sam Pittman doesn't think he will as well. Hit the plan for uh, Felipe Franks is to get here, uh, establish a culture at the quarterback position, get yeah. the Hogs on the right track, and go to the NFL. And he's if told the them. season ended, if the season ended right now. He's done that, and Felipe Franks is one of the greatest Razorbacks I've seen. Without a uh, doubt. Not, not because not because he's lighting it up, not because he's Matt Jones or or Ryan Mallett or Tyler Wilson. He's leading but the team. because he came in here because exactly he came in here not because he had to, but because he wanted to, and he has created a culture at that quarterback position, and he has led this team, and, and from where they were in the past few years to where they are now, you can't help but feel like Felipe Franks has brought a winning attitude to this football team. And so for that, if the season ended today, he would go down for me as one of the greatest Razorbacks of all time. You know, and I think it really comes down to, the you know, there's only a handful of kids on that team right today that have a chance to play in the NFL. They got a chance to get their name called. They definitely need to go. But if they don't, yeah, they should come back. I, I agree. I, I, I think I think you'll see a lot of them will. I thought you know, call your sister and ask her. She's glad to be out of college. <laughs> she's gonna say <laughs> uh, no, especially not yeah. today. You know, so yeah, but it's out there. All right, so I'm gonna close off. Here's my last point for the ball game, and then if you've got anything, a topic you want to bring up, now's the time. All right, I love the fact that not only does this team have something to celebrate on the field, they don't celebrate on the field. They they (laughs) look at every pick we got yesterday, every fumble recovery on that defense, every touchdown we scored. 
they went back to the sidelines and celebrated with each other. And it that right there is probably the classiest football team I might have ever seen at the college level. They don't yeah. shuck and jive and dance. And, I mean, every now and then they'll give you the little first down symbol, and I don't really care for that either. However, the way that they – I mean, you know, they, when they picked off those balls, uh, when Catalan intercepted, he rolled in the end zone, dropped the ball in the end zone, ran to the sidelines. Now, he was looking at the stands, but he wasn't making any motions. He wasn't doing anything, and then he got mobbed when he got to the sidelines. Same then Hudson Clark, oh, of course, man. he had three interceptions. So he got mobbed a lot. But you know what? Every time he <laughs> yeah. caught the ball, he'd get up, put the ball down, and head to the sideline. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've never been more proud of a team. I hope they win a bunch more games. But if they don't, I'm not going to be upset. No, I, I agree, man. And I, I don't have anything else to add aside from that. I mean, it's so awesome to see this, these guys play as a team. I mean – even in their post-game interviews, you can hear them say, like, yeah, you know, I did this, but did you see did you see this guy doing that? Did you see this guy doing that? Did you see our coaches, what he called here? I mean, it's never me, me, me for anybody on this team. I mean, that's why they are the way that I they are. I think I mean, even heard Sam Pittman saying, I didn't do anything. He's, he that, said, that's Hudson Clark exactly said the what, three passes. I was just standing yep. over here watching the game. That's, he literally just said, I, I had the best seat in the house. I don't know why y'all are congratulating me. Hudson Clark went out there, had three picks. I just, I watched. And I, I mean, and that's, that's why people want to play here, for him. Here's the thing about Sam Pittman. Not once ever have I heard him say the word culture. Never heard him say it, but he shows it. I mean, he leads by example what he wants his team to do. And that's how you build a culture. You can say, we're building this culture. It's all about culture. It's about tradition, blah, 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 blah. But you can go out there and not say the word culture ever and just have everybody know what kind of culture you have. That's how you know you've got a great leader. And that's what I think we have in Sam Pittman. Well, and and I guess the last thing I'll close with is um, of the four new coaches in the SEC this year, and they even talked about it on SEC now after the ball game. of all the four new coaches, Drinkwich, Kiffin, Leach, and Pittman, and he asked the panel, did anybody see this coming from Sam Pittman? They said, no, we had him like third or fourth on that list. I don't know who in their right mind would have put him behind Drinkwich, but whatever. Yeah, it was terrible uh, hire. <laughs> you know, so, but I think we got, I thought we got the best end of the deal at the time. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. the flashy hire, but you've never heard me dog that hire. Especially, no. I'll tell you when I knew he was the right guy. First day he came to campus, first time he met with the team, he walked and he said, look, you guys didn't pick me, but I chose you. And Because Arkansas was the only place he was leaving Georgia to go. And it was the same. Know. You know, when Frank Broyles <laughs> came back in, in yeah. the late 60s, early 70s, that was he was – I think he was at Georgia Tech. And the only, the only place he would – leave Georgia Tech was to come. And he had it in his contract. He said, I'll stay here, but if Arkansas calls, I'm going. And he wasn't even from here. This was the job he wanted. He liked the demographic. He liked the fact that it was the only team uh, in the state for the most, you know, didn't have a pro team, you know, that the Razorbacks were, they were the team. They were the state team. He liked that culture. He liked that. And he came and he built all those facilities, that whole dynasty, won a national championship. He's, renowned for having the best assistant coaches ever, even more so than 
a Saban or a Belichick or those guys, the, the assistants, you go back and look at the assistants that played under Frank Royals, they all tie back to these other guys that everybody thinks is so great. And Pittman, I think that's why he liked it. I think he'll coach as long as he wants to coach here. And then, you know, shoot, maybe he wants to be athletic or maybe he just wants to retire and be on the Razorback Foundation. I don't know. But whatever it is, yeah. he loves it here. <laughs> and and there there is no substitute for somebody in that job that wants to be there. There is none. Yeah. And that's that's one, the last thing I'll add, actually. I see all these people, man, they, they – <laughs> Uh, I think I saw somebody that's a Texas fan saying, "Man, he'd look he'll he'll look good in burnt orange next year." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there right. is a zero percent chance. A Only if somebody throws chance. a bucket of paint at him. <laughs> I mean, exactly. There is no way Sam Pittman leaves this job. No, and I think that's why I think that's why Hunter Yurchek hired him, and I think that's why he's going to be successful because he doesn't see it as a stepping stone job. He's not going anywhere. This is where he wants to be. And no one in the country understands that except for us and Sam Pittman. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. No, you're right. No doubt he wants to be here, uh, but please nobody buy him a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> that's going to do it for Through the A, Razorback Dave and the Common Fan Zone. Austin Dunstan, no show next week. we got a bye week. We're going to take the bye with him. We'll be back after the A&M game, dropping on Wednesday. So we'll look forward to seeing you then. And uh, Mike and Jenny, send more sons. We'll see you next time.